Hey, welcome to another episode of the Big Red Dram. I am your host, Jason Langrader. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Tonight's episode is going to be a little epic in my mind, anyway, uh, hence the retro funk intro. Um, it's not really a retro episode, but I just wanted to do something different and funky for the beginning of this one for whatever reason. Um, just to mix it up, I guess, because this is, uh, this is going to be a fun one, um, for me. Uh, it's about Octomore. Um, I recently purchased a bottle of the, uh, 8.2, um, and let me back up. So... Back in February, I got a bottle of the 8.2 um, Masterclass 8.2 from from Octomore, which is a Brook Lottie product. I got it off of Fine Drams because um, I had been interested in Octomore for a long time. I was just very, very timid with it uh, and a little bit afraid of it, to be perfectly honest, because I wasn't really sure that a heavily peated whiskey was going to appeal to me because I have that Lafroy 10 kind of thing in the back of my mind where it's just going to be too much smoke, nothing... Um, but that and it would be difficult to enjoy especially for some of the prices that they were looking for so i was really not quite there as far as when to take that plunge um so i was on fine drams looking around one day and saw that they had the 8.2 master class it was a samples like 12 bucks or something and so i bought a bunch of samples that day anyway and because the sample places are hard to find here in the states that i anyway that i'm aware of um for single malt samples anyhow so I'm like, well, I'll order it. And I know I've kind of hinted, I talked about this in my Brooklady episode, but I, you know, I'll order it, I'll buy it and bring it in. And if I like it, great. Maybe someday I'll save enough money where I can buy a bottle. Um, and it's a good thing I did when I did because it, it was on sale for quite a while and it's basically went up 30 or 40 euros. So I got it for a pretty good price considering it's now almost 230 bucks, I think. And I paid one... 180 i think so not bad 180 190 so not bad so anyway neither here nor there but i got my bottle and uh after falling in love with this offering um the 8.3 and having met um a fellow whiskey enthusiast erica ginger on instagram um her and i have swapped some samples and she was kind enough to send me a 10.1 octomore that she had and i've seen her sampling quite a few other ones um, she's got a wonderful whiskey group uh, near where she lives and friends and stuff that they just go through all kinds of great whiskeys. And she's huge into um, single malts and uh, I think we see eye to eye in quite a few different ones. So it's uh, I'm grateful to have met her and be able to have some of those samples because she sent me some others that I am looking forward to trying. A Talisker and uh, Edredor, um, which I'm sure I've said it wrong twice now. But anyway... <laughs> um, She's really into the, the Sartreness cask stuff, and the 8.2 is one of those, if I'm even saying that right, um, is one of those. So anyway, that's my little brief story. Um, but Octomore, so what the heck is was it that I was so afraid of? So Octomore was really the brainchild of Jim McCune and um, the owner of... Uh, Brooke Lottie, which, um, what the heck is his name? Uh, why can't I think of it? Mark Rainier. Rainier. Yes. That's when he, Mark was the one who bought Brooke Lottie back in, from the dead in 2002. And then brought Jim McCune along, um, who had basically been running B Bowmore forever. 
um, brought him on board and resurrected Brooklotty. And one of the brainchilds of both of the, both gentlemen, mostly Jim McCune, was the why not make a heavily peated whiskey? Now you know Brooklady has got. Um, uh, I just have the worst memory. They are oh, duh. It's the it's the it's the trifecta, the golden triangle of whiskeys. It's Brooklady, Port Charlotte, and Octomore. Brooklady is the unpeated whiskeys. Port Charlotte having the more peated whiskeys, and then Octomore being the heaviest peated whiskey that not only Brooklady makes, but is some of the heaviest peated whiskey in the world. Um, the two that stand out, or the one that stands out, is actually in this family of the 8.2 release. It was the 8.3, and it was, I think, at 301 ppm. Um, which is a lot. Um, and I believe it's still the highest one that they ever released. Um, quickly looking through the history um, of the releases, the, yes, the 8.3 was 309 ppm. I think the second closest was 258 at 6.3. Um, another person on Instagram had posted about that not that long ago, um, incorrectly stating that the 6.3 was the highest. It was actually the 8.4 that came, or the 8.3 that came in at 309. Um, which is a lot. Um, having read some reviews back in uh, a couple during the course of the week now, getting kind of ready for this, um, looking through the 8 series, the 8.2 was one of the highest rated ones that were released. A lot of people really, really enjoyed it. And uh, the 8.3 came in pretty close after. You know, two different worlds. But again, the 8.3, the peat was amped up a notch. But it really didn't, much like the 8.2, doesn't overpower the whiskey. Um, I know my review of it on, on Fine Drams and when I talked about it in my Brooklady episode, it really was just this smorgasbord of things, of flavors, of, of, of scents, of, of senses, of smells, and just of flavors. And it was the peat for the 8.2 was in the background you knew it was there you could smell it you could kind of taste it but these other just amazing things kind of came to the forefront of it and it really made it something special and uh, it was just it was alchemy it was bizarre science it was bizarre because you wouldn't think that i think and that was one of the things that really kind of turned me off from octomore from the beginning was that i was afraid that that was going to be the case, that it was going to be just or the opposite. It was going to be just peat smoke, peat smoke, peat smoke, just iodine and peat smoke. And then if you get anything, if you manage to get your tongue to respond later and get anything out of it, maybe pick something else up. But then when this first came out in 2007, 2008, when the first release dropped, the 1.1, it was, you know, not on my radar. I don't even think I was... I was still drinking whiskey then, but I don't think I had my health issues until a little bit after that. But they were expensive. They were limited releases. They were expensive because they were niche. It was a niche market too, so they weren't expecting it to be mainstream. They were looking for the cultists, the people that really, really, really like Pete and really were going after it. And it's just, it's survived up to this point where it's we're at the ten years now, ten, eleven years. A lot of releases so 12 years it's been a while i think it's 12 years now um <clears throat> 2016 to 10 
14 years? Is that possible? I wish they would have labeled, you know, on their website, I wish they'd label when all of these were released. They don't. And it uh, is a thorn in my butt. But anyway, so let's talk about them, shall we? 8.3. So the 8.3, dang it, I'm sorry, the 8.2. Um, Spent the first six years of its life in one of three different styles of wine cask. It was either in a, in a more red wine grape that has a reputation for producing intense red fruit, um, some Austrian sweet wines, and in French Sauternes casks. Um, from the grave section in Bordeaux that previously held some most revered and exclusive dessert wines the world has ever seen. Um, so it had spent some time in three different casks, and it... Uh, is an eight-year-old, um, and it's bottled at uh, 58.4%, um, which, again, belies its palate, its nose. It doesn't have that mind-bending. It doesn't have that. It just doesn't smell like it, and it doesn't really taste like something that's that high of a proof. It's just so sweet. It really, you do get, you get the, the wine notes, you get. Just these great smells. And a lot of them, I just, I still can't put to words. Like a, like a smoky apple and cherry cobbler with a sweet mint. It's weird. There is that mint still in the background. There it is. It's <laughs> still there. Ah, this is still coming out of the sample. I haven't opened the bo main bottle yet. That one's not coming, getting open for a while. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just it took this long to get it. It's now I think the most expensive bottle I have in my collection, um, and it's going to have to sit for a little while. Ah, oh, but man, it's going to be hard not to. Is it just smells so good. Mm. Oh my god. This is also probably one of my highest rated whiskeys. I think I gave it a 95 or a 96. It just it blows my mind that there is so much going on and I've yet to have this with water. But just in the initial taste, it's just it's berries, it's it's fruit. There's kind of a smoky shortbread in the background, kind of that crust of that cobbler. Uh, it's just, uh, and then the and it's, it's a warm, intense finish um, going down. It's a little burny um, at fifty-eight points. I have to look at it again. Fifty-eight point four. It's going to have a little bit of that. Single malts in that range can be ouchy sometimes, um, but it's not—it's not anything that's devastating. You know, one hundred sixteen point eight—it's—it's—it's it's hot, but it's not—it's a medium length finish, so it doesn't linger too long. But the flavors that continue to to build as it's as it 
it has faded off the tongue and it's gone down is just it uh, it's, i can't you know i wrote on my instagram post this announcing this episode this was going to be a challenge and it's going to be a lot like the the lefroig 10 challenge where it's just it's hard to pick up everything um especially when i have a limited range of what it is i'm picking up in the first place um but it just noses it is just so delightful to nose it and it just it oh it's just such a joy because you just want to stick your nose in there and just and just sniff for for a long length of time and i'm already been battling on about it for 10 minutes The interesting thing about this particular bottling, remember the Glen, the Glen Farkless 105. And I talked about how in the, and for that matter too, the um, Kalila 17 Unpeated that I have. When you chew on them and you believe them in your mouth and you kind of let it roll around in the mouth and roll around in your tongue and you're kind of just, just swilling chewing it for lack of a better word because you're kind of moving it in your mouth the glenn farkless 105 in this in the um, kalila 17 are two of my favorites because i like how they really build an intensity get super hot when you start to chew on them because it's just attacking your tongue attacking the 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 uh, taste buds and really really building an intense heat on your palate this one doesn't do that it at 116.8 it's not far off of the Glen Farkless, and I think that's pretty close to what the um, Kalila is, and it doesn't build on that really hot, intense pepper and intense heat. Instead, it kind of sweetens. It gives you more of a sweet, um, fruity d dessert. I mean, it really is. It's just it's a smoky dessert. Um, there's the peat is underlying. It's it's there, and right now I have. I'm aware of the peat being in it, but it isn't where it's like peat first peat's just kind of there it's not peat first and then all this other stuff it's all of this other stuff and then the while the peat is just kind of making itself now it's like hey i'm over i'm over here in the corner don't forget oh forget about me Pete. but you're like what, what who's saying that i've got all this other stuff going on and it's not and it's not scary it's not and I really thought it was, but there's just, again, there's just hints of dark chocolate and, and, uh, some, some subtle seaweed notes. Um, it's definitely got a saltiness to it in, in, in a, in that sea salty sense. Um, if you've ever spent time, if you've ever gone to Isla, there's a def, the definitive smell in the air there that I'll never forget and that is of course absorbed also by the barley and everything that they use because of that that sea salt that gets pulled up from the ocean from the Atlantic and then dumped on Isla and a lot of these whiskeys now um, are harvested and made from um, harvested local grains um, I don't think that this one is one of those Um, I 
I can't find it. It is. I know the 10.1 is, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, it's just there is so much, so much complexity to the 8.3 that it really makes it a challenge to pull up all the stuff out. But again, it is just a delight, an absolute delight. There is a smoky cherry, yes, at the end. Um, again, the, the front is like that cherry cobbler, apple cherry cobbler, and it's just it's just a gorgeous dram, and it's just, ah, oh, I love it. Anyway, so in case you didn't know, I loved it. All right, so I'm going to save that last sip of my sample for later. Let us, shall we, move on to uh, the... Uh, Mm, uh, 10.1. So the 10.1 was distilled from Scottish barley in 2013. And it's the benchmark of the 10S series. It is a five-year-old bottle at 107 ppm. And I believe it is just a, a witch's teat under is that 57.8 or is that 59 oh erica 59 that is 59.8 whoo whoo so this one distilled in 2013 from a 2012 har harvest of 100 scottish grown concerto barley matured entirely on isla for five years full-term maturation and first fill american whiskey casks from jim beam heaven hill buffalo trace and jack daniels so how so what is it gotta be a year in each and then blended together bottled unchilled filtered and coloring free at brooklady distillery 59.8 limited to 42,000 bottles so this one came out quite a few it's it currently still available 125 sterling including the vat which if you and i buy it we don't have to pay the vat um A little bit lighter in color in comparison to the well, not by much, but it is definitely a little bit lighter in comparison to the 8.2. And ah, oh, it this is lovely as well. So anyway, 100% American oak maturation, and yes, it is has a bit of that American oak character to it. So it's definitely got that vanilla caramel. Getting some apple in there. But oh, this one noses amazingly well too. And again, for the high proof for nearly 120, um, you know, it is just it doesn't nose like a pure ethanol bomb it blow it it just comes in sweet and sultry it really does let's see how it tastes i'm kind of looking forward to this mm. Mm. Again, this one's a little hotter on the palate. More dark chocolate toffee, 
smoky seaweed kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, you definitely get some charred oak out of it. Um, and again, on the palate, this one's got a little bit more of that pepper heat I was talking about prior with the 8.32. I keep wanting to say 8.3. It's driving me nuts. Um, I think my mind is uh, quietly trying to tell me to get the 8.3 if I can find it, but I doubt I can even find it. Um, and just see what that 309 ppm is all about. But, you know, again, the the 10.1 has the same... Due to the oak casks, it doesn't have that same fruitiness that uh, the 8.2 has, where because it was spent, it spent some time in the wine casks, it really picked up some of the characteristics of the wine. This being mostly in first fill bourbon barrels has has some of that distinctive bourbon flavor. And one of the nice things about having dabbled in both sides of the world now is that you can definitely appreciate where that's coming from. So the 10.1 kind of really gives you that single malt um, complexity to it with the peat in the background, but you get those subtleties that a typical Kentucky bourbon would give you, the vanilla, the caramels, um, some of that brown sugar at the back end. Um, it's definitely all there. What the Octomore adds to that is a little bit of the smoked pepper, dark chocolate uh, flavor profile. I should also say that the bourbon will bring a little bit of that charred oak flavoring to it because of the way they treat their barrels, especially to the distilleries that they t mentioned. Um, you can pick that up from there as well. So you get a little bit of, you get a nice homogenous mix of a little bit of bourbon and a, a quite a bit of Isla and it actually does a very good job of blending the two together and it's a delicate dram for God for almost 120 proof it didn't even there, I don't even know it was there it, it didn't have that mind-altering dimension changing punch that a Glenn Farkless has the 105 it just has this nice delicate just quiet supple little journey through the you know walking through the barley fields on 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 isla and just kind of you know just kind of chilling it's uh like i'd be in port charlotte right now just kind of the sea breeze through my hair and i'm kind of running my fingers through the barley it's kind of the it's just a light and easy it it really is interesting um i, I enjoy it it's a 90 for me i enjoy it for what it gives it gives a lot of it gives a lot of interesting notes, but it's not overly complex. But it, it's an easy sipper. Um, I just wish that it would be something that I think I could get my hands on relatively easy uh, currently. But my God, I don't know that I want to spend. Uh, why can't I spell? As you can hear me clicking away trying to research this crap. It's two hundred. Well, it's about yes, yeah. yeah. The way to get a uh, ten percent off or something from Binnie's, <laughs> but ten but ten point one comes in at one hundred ninety nine retail here in the Chicagoland area. Um, wow, they still have eight point four. Uh, I wonder who has that. Um, they have ten point four and ten point three. So the ten point four is in virgin oak. That one comes in at two fifty. Just for those of you wanting to know, and two sixty for the ten point three. 10.2 is a, usually a travel exclusive, so that's why that's not listed. 
Um, the 8.4. Uh, there's still some in Peoria and Skokie. <laughs> oh, but uh, anyway. Um, yeah, but 200 bucks is just such... When it comes to whiskey now, in my world, it's a game of... And I've had this discussion with my Uncle Ted, too. It's a game of economics, right? It's... It's nice to get a good single malt, but a good single malt is going to start good, mind you, emphasis on good, is going to start at 60, 70 bucks. Um, you want to get into some great bottles and you're looking at 130, 150, thank you, Donald Trump, for your, your, your whiskey taxes. So um, it makes it hard because, and that's kind of why I've transitioned into bourbons and it's been a good thing, it's been a blessing because I've been able to, again, experience where the bourbon's coming from because a lot of great whiskey is born out of bourbon barrels so to have that background helps with a bottle like the Octomore 10.1 that has been born from first fill bourbon barrels and you do get a little bit of that what's interesting is trying to figure out what distillery I wonder they used because they were kind of vague full term maturation but it's from Jim Beam, Heaven Hill, Buffalo Trace, and Jack Daniels. There is a sweet, sultry, kind of sugary nose that hints at Jack Daniels, because Jack Daniels uses those, that maple charcoal, which really sweetens it up. And if you've ever had a Jack Daniels barrel proof um single barrel barrel proof it really has this awesome sweet sugary nose to it and there's a little bit there now on the 10.1 and i'm smelling it i don't think buffalo trace maybe heaven hill because i do i am having some sensory triggers of my bottled and bond seven year Some Evan Williams products, which are also from Heaven Hill. Maybe some slight McKenna tenure. But I, nothing, it's more Jack. Because it's just, it's got that sugary, sweet Jack Daniels on the nose. But on the palate, I'm not, it's just, again, well, the peat kind of belies or kind of hides um, some of the sweeter notes. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that second mouth was way sweeter than the first. Man, it just it gets hot. Finish is a little better the second second time through. A little more intensity there. Um, whiskey can be fickle sometimes. The first time it might not get you, or the the first time will get you. The second time won't, or the first time won't, and the second time will. Just I guess kind of depends. But I don't I I don't. I'm not disappointed by this one bit. I find it to be alluring and interesting and also quite possible that it might steal a purchase from me in the Christmas around Christmas time 
I just, I'd hate, again, I was, it was, I was talking about economics, you know, drop 200 bucks on a bottle of Octomore or buy, you know, a couple of Wellers or an EH, you know, a couple of retail EH Taylors or, ah, cause I've got an EH Taylor Cinderella to talk about coming up. Ah, whiskey's tough. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having this bottle and having two Octomores in the collection so that I could have them. Um, but I have to tell you that, uh, in all honesty, I lean towards the 8.2 more than I do the 10.1. The 10.1 feels a little more two-dimensional, whereas the 8.2 gives me a third, possibly fourth dimension in the more of a third dimension. The fourth dimension is when you actually just start just getting blasted with the proof and you just go to a different world um your lafroy batch 11 will do that to you the glenn farkless 105 will do that to you and it'll typically do that to you to tasting when you've gone through some sherries and you end with the glenn farkless 105 that thing will launch you into another dimension the lafroy 10 would be great the the batch 11 would be great to kind of anchor a batch or a uh, 10 cask strength tasting if you have a couple batches that you could taste um some of the batch releases are still you could still find them around here so that'd be interesting to do but anyway i digress um ooh, it's a little bit of a weird backhand smoke but anyway that's just probably from both of them <laughs> but there you go so those are octomores the uh the they're just they're the two that I've been able to expose myself to, the 8.2 and the 10.1, um, are very, very interesting and very, very good. Now, again, the 10.1 is a 90, um, mainly because I feel it's two-dimensional. And by that, I mean you're getting kind of a bourbon and you're getting kind of a scotch. And it's way more complex than that but it's just a simple way to put it and 8.2 is more three-dimensional because you're getting and in my mind this is what that means you're getting some you're getting a little bit of that bourbon hint uh, no you're just i don't know it's just it's three-dimensional in the fact that you're just getting all these different flavors um and the all these different maybe it's just undefinable but i don't know it again it's a challenge it's a struggle Whatever. So for what that's worth, both are phenomenal. The 8.2, I give a 95, and I'll figure out how to explain three-dimensional. I was going to say two-dimensional was more due to the fact that it's the you can't getting the bourbon and the single malt homogenous mix with the 8.2. You get that single malt... You get the you get the you get the different wine flavors blending together, and then you just get this this third underlying smoke dimension that just kind of adds to the complexity. So there, how's that for an explanation? I, that's as good as I can do. <laughs> Sorry, um, but it's it, it's really 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 good. And if you're a single malt guy and you have been timid about the Octomore, you can still find the 8.2. Um, on fine drams uh you can also find what else do they have octomore baby they have the 8.2 10.2 7.3 9.3 9.1 
the six-year-old i've seen this rest and be i've seen this before bottled in 2014 it's a limited edition 69 it's an age six-year-old i wonder if i'm gonna have to show this to erica i wonder if she's aware of this because it's a big saturnus cask and i wonder if she's seen that i'm gonna have to post that and send that to her but anyway but it comes in it like oh, you're almost dropping 300 bills for this thing but 64.5 percent so they've got some awesome things out there it looks like this one is a independent bottler um rest and be thankful is the bottling company and um yeah that's gotta be something but anyway some great choices out there if you can find them and if you can go get them and then when you do get them try to enjoy them